Hey guys, welcome back to the Brothers of the World podcast. It's been another long absence. Of course, there was an international break. There's been whatever has been going on with Inter, and we've just had problems, you know, finding a schedule. But tonight, we have a time. We've got everybody together. Inter won, which is usually our excuse to come back. So we've got Haristo and Chino. Uh, we'll start with Haristo. How have you been? Not not that bad, to be quite honest. Uh we, I mean, I, I just graduated, so I was just applying and all that, all the shenanigans. And we were bombarded with intermatches every three days, as it was the case even uh, at the back end of the last season. Uh, most of the results were not positive, but we'll get into that later on. Yeah, what about what about you, Chino? How have you been? Did you enjoy having two weeks without having to worry about <laughs> football, really? Yeah, for sure. I've been kind of busy at work and stuff, so just happy to. I mean, who knows these days whether Chino uh, actually gets off on inter winning or inter losing? Uh, you don't know the bipolarity of the guy. So. Hey, man, it depends on who scores. Mm, true. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, after today, I didn't even feel too great after what ended up being, you know, <laughs> turning around a two-goal deficit for a four. Victory, yeah. But it's against it's against a Torino team that should not have been in the match to begin with. They didn't even have Bellotti. They They were really not set up to do what they did to go 2-0 up. And with Mike. 30 minutes to go in the match, I didn't think it was going to end very well. What? How have you been this past month or <laughs> three weeks, however long it was? Oh, uh, it's been a couple of weeks to forgive for me just because I spent the international break doing nothing but schoolwork. Well, master's work, writing <laughs> papers, doing a lot of research. It was nice not to have matches every other day to worry about during that time, but... You know, we're back to it, so it's a different kind of stress, I guess. Now, back to back, back off of my boring life and back to football. Um, how did you get, guys feel? Well, I'm sure everybody felt like we we're gonna win going into playing against Torino, but I don't know. How do you guys feel after the result with everything that happened? And whoever can just take that. Tune. You, I'll, I'll give you the forefront. Um, okay, so you, you just said that we expected to win. Um, I was mentioning to a guy on Twitter, maybe it was yesterday or Friday. Um, okay, I, given how we've been playing so far, I would have we needed to win. I didn't think, I didn't expect to win. I'm not, I don't want to say I expected us to lose, but the expectations right now aren't that high for me. I'm sorry. I don't understand what's going on with the team. I'm not happy with all the goals we conceded. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's just, it's just a watch and see what happens. No great optimism at this point in time for any individual match. Whatever happens, happens. I don't know whether the usual you know, blackout that happens um, somewhere at the end of December or throughout the December period and going into January happen now, 
or maybe just uh, it, this is like continuation of that of that shit that's been happening for years and years. Um, I think the last time we recorded, we won against Genoa, and since then uh, there have been like two games in the Champions League. The first match, of course, uh, was uh, that we didn't cover was against Shakhtar, a nil-nil draw, which was awful for us because they were um, they were not very decent or any good for that matter throughout the match and Inter dominated as it was the case what three months ago in the Europa League whatever it was semi-final against them um, and before that Shakhtar won against Real Madrid so you have Shakhtar who you dominated against and then the next week you lose to Real Madrid away but it's a team that we have to compete with although given it, it was a good match uh, considering we missed our best player, arguably, or not even arguably, what I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but we're gonna have him like next uh, what in three days, yeah, uh, against Real and Real are without their best player, which is Ramos or has been so far. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that's gonna pan out. But the results haven't been great in Serie. A. Uh, we've drawn uh, in the both in both matches but that we didn't cover uh, in the past two three weeks against Parma and uh, Atalanta, what, 2-2 and 1-1. And then uh, a draw against uh, Shakhtar, as I said, and we lost to Real. But today's result has been a breath of fresh air because although we struggled a lot, I think it's a, it's a win that we have to take into consideration that this win, I think, will give a boost to the team. It was a win that we had to, uh, had to eventually sustain uh, you know, winning and playing awfully, as it was the case in the first 16 minutes uh, of the match against Torino. And in the last 30 minutes, as it was the case, you know, in, in previous years when we were losing and we had to win, we were usually the side that came out victorious at the end. So I think the mentality that was um, used by the players or exploited in the last 30 minutes of the game against Torino today uh, must be something that you take into into account and to uh, actually use that motivation throughout the match and not only when you're losing. I don't know whether that is up to the players, the coach, the staff, or whatever else is influencing those outcomes. But I think uh, we need to be more aggressive and we need to be more determined and composed when we actually get the chances because we've been pretty wasteful uh, in the past three weeks, Mike. Yeah, um, once, you know, we took the lead, Lukaku um, scores the penalty that was, of course, won by Hajraf. Uh, uh, leave that one on so I can just get bullied for that one by Ashraf Hakimi winning, you know, won the pin, um, long VAR intervention. Once we took the lead there, you know, it was a, I didn't even really feel like it was just more relief like okay we're not losing to this Torino side right now I can probably scroll my Twitter in peace but to go on and get the fourth goal it was just more relief it was like all right well we can't blow this one like we've been blowing them this season already um so at the end it was really just relief I think that maybe it could be something that carries on but you know we're still it's still fifth place, uh, five points behind Milan, who just won against Napoli uh, a few minutes before we started recording. Um, 
Yeah, there's still a lot of work cut out. Um, Sassuolo next weekend after going or after having Real Madrid at home. So I don't know. I still like it's a good result to have, but I feel like we're not out of the woods yet. Like there's still a lot that needs to be done to get the season, you know, back on track to where everyone's expectations were. Um, Lukaku getting two goals. Um, I don't think we really expect anything less from him at this point, or we almost can't afford anything less from him at this point. Um, He's got to be the standard player for us in the match. I don't know if you guys had anybody else that stood out to you in the match, but it's just becoming more and more like this team can't exist without Romelu Lukaku up top. I mean, look, uh, I think we were all impressed by Barella so far this season. Um, as it was the case in the previous match against Real uh, before the, the, the international break. And in most of the matches so far this season. Because I think Barella and Lukaku are the two players that we cannot afford uh, going to a match without. Uh, I was pretty surprised by D'Ambrosio and Ranocchia starting because... Although I expected some of the players to be rested, I didn't expect both of them to be on the bench, both um, Skriniar and De Vrij. But I don't know. Someone said that, look, if you have, if you have Ranocchi on your team and you cannot start him against Torino, who has been awful this season, then what happened on team uh, at all? Yeah. So I think... We we talk a lot a lot of shit about everyone and rightfully so, uh, but Tranoja has been pretty pretty good uh, or at least decent uh, in the matches that he got a chance to participate in. I think he scored goal in like the first match that he played. Then he was really decent against whoever played um, last against. And D'Ambrosio is a player that we've all agreed on. Yeah, I mean, he's not the worst player ever because he's been uh, coming clutch time and time again. And both of them are very useful to have on the bench. Um, When you look at teams around you, I think both of them are not on par. But in a certain system, as Conte wants to, to employ, I think they can work. But only against certain teams and against certain oppositions. Today, uh, Torino, I don't know if you agree with me, but Torino were pretty good as a team, as a collective unit, which I didn't expect, considering the results they have uh, they have had so far. And to be quite honest, I didn't expect them to score a single goal, let alone two, uh-huh. without Belotti. Because uh, Belotti was supposed to start in the first 11, and he didn't. I think he got injured in the, the warm-up before the match. But besides that, I think... Um, Again and again, Gagliardini has been uh, proving all of us that we were right all along. Surprise, he's an awful player. <laughs> and I don't know why he's starting. I don't know. Um, I wanted to pose a question. Like, what's the problem with Eriksen if Eriksen's not starting and Gagliardini is? What's happening with them? Um, well, I want to take it back. I want to rewind you a little bit. And I want to go back to the comment about how Torino played. And... I don't – I just think that they, you know, came in with a clear game plan. They knew that, you know, Inter has been this team that really hasn't had much confidence. So if you play 
a compact game and you don't mess up, like that was what Torino had to do. If they misstepped, like they were going to lose. And eventually they did, but they played a better first 60 minutes than we did everywhere on the pitch. Like there's no excuses for anything that really happened. Like, I mean, Torino stepped up, pressed, pressed enter what once maybe before the, before the first goal and then pressed of course on that goal. And it's Zaza's first goal of the season for Torino. Like it's, it's just how it goes sometimes with this team, at least like when they look flat and out of confidence, that's what it really felt like in those first 60 minutes. And then like the penalty given up by Ashley Young scored by one of the worst players I've ever seen it in my <laughs> life. Christian. Like it was just salt in the wound, but whatever happened after that, um, I think was just, of course, like I thought that, the whole match, even like when we went down, maybe two, maybe once we got to 2 0, I was like, all right, maybe we'll squeeze a 2 2, and that's going to look ugly. But, you know, we're down 2 0. So, I mean, beggars can't be choosers. But as soon as we got the first goal, like I thought there was only one team that was going to win that match. Even like, you know, I was jubilant at the end, but I was like, all right, Inter, if Inter can see the back of the net sometime in this match, they're going to be fine. And they did. And like that was, that was the only thing. Torino could hope that we didn't do. But, you know, we get the goal, go on and win. Um, as for God, as, as for Erickson, this is this is not a fun one to talk about, of course, but I just don't think he fits a profile that Antonio Conte wants anywhere in the team other than being like a Premier League um, former player, which he, you know, has drooled over in the past with Young, Sanchez, Lukaku, you name it. But I just don't think he has a place in the squad, and I don't think his attitude or his comments in the media, no matter if they're overblown or not, I don't think they're a positive. I don't think there's any kind of relationship there, and I just think everyone is, like, looking on towards January to sell him on and, get something, some kind of replacement. And it's just really a failure on all sides. He's been pretty underwhelming. Um, but another name that was really, I don't know. Look, I think we all love Hakimi. But so far, although he has contributed to some goals, I don't care about that. I just <laughs> don't like his game on, on the pitch. I don't know why, but his movement is really good, but his end product is not there yet. I think he'll come good, but I don't know if you... Um, like, those Barcelona passes, uh, those dinks over the top uh, from the midfield in the, in the central positions for the, the wingbacks or the fullbacks, whatever, I think he had a few chances in the past, like, month or so when he could have assisted to Lukaku I think it was and we could have won that match against Parma I think it was and then he tried to score in the other match so there there are two wasted opportunities that he would have scored or assisted otherwise and then we could have won like three four points more than we have now um, I don't know about you but do you think uh, Chin do you think that he can uh, come good or he'll be just another I don't know, Ericsson's story. I mean, Hakimi? I love Hakimi. I don't know where you're yeah. getting that from. That 
even comparing them to Ericsson, Ericsson is like not existent. He's like one of the bigger flops we've had for a while. I mean, the only thing that's saving us with regards to Ericsson is that we didn't pay him that or buy him for that big sum of money. You know? Um, I definitely wouldn't even start to compare Hakimi with him. He started off all right. We're forgetting he's only 21 or 22 years old and still joining a new league, playing under a new system that even world-class players like Ericsson can't even, you know, follow the um, sure. tactical ideas of Conte. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them in the same category at all, even same sentence or anything like that. Hakimi yeah. has potential and he'll show it. Oh, absolutely agree. But my point was towards like more towards Hakimi's decision making certain uh, areas, especially in the final third. When, as I said, in situations that he needed to assist, yeah. he tried to score, or when he could have scored, he tried to assist. Um, certain passes that that he could have provided were, you know, a few inches or a few centimeters off. So I'm talking about like the certain in certain positions he seems like indecisive. Or makes a wrong decision. Do you think, in that sense, that uh, if that's a flaw of his, because I haven't seen any any game in in Germany in the past two yeah. years, do you think that Conte can work on that and actually improve that segment? I of mean, the only game? only time will tell. Who knows how it'll turn out in that regard? I mean, it could be something like Ken Draper at his age, big old age. He never knew when to pass or to shoot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you never know. I I don't know. He might be a little more intelligent. Yeah. I hope he's more intelligent than Gandreva when it comes to that and he learns. What do you see? <laughs> yeah, with all due respect to the Bundesliga in Germany, um, you know, you're not going to get a team like Torino or, you know, anyone else other than Benevento for whatever reason they decided to. You're not going to get small teams playing high lines like you'll see more so of in the Bundesliga where they just want to, it's almost a track meet sometimes. Like I don't watch much. I will. Like when I've watched the Bundesliga, like it's, it's a strange league and guys who can just run like Hakimi can just run. Like they have a leg up in that league. And I think that he'll adapt in Syria, but he's got to learn that like, you're not going to get the same amount of space more time to make decisions, to hold the ball, to pass. Like you're, you gotta be on it day in day out. Especially in like whatever the system is that Conte is trying to put together these days. Like you've really got to be on it mentally more so than physically, or more so than speed wise. I'll say physically, of course, you got to be on it. But I just think he's still adapting to the way football works in Italy, which we all know is still different. Like, it's not it's not like moving to the Premier League or anything like that. Like, he's still learning. He's still young. I'm not worried about him. It, it's been frustrating. Like, I don't think the guy has ever had to head a ball in his life. We've seen him miss a couple of open headers. But beyond that, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disappointed in Hakimi. It's just he's been pretty average, and I still think he's got time to grow. Um, but Christo, I want to direct those two questions back at you. I want to hear what you have to say about Eric. Yeah, he just <laughs> he just did us. Oh, Sam, that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's trying to get like dirt on us for blackmail or something. <laughs> like. 
No, you know, uh, I think we were all excited when he arrived. And, you know, there are certain types of coaches like Mourinho who notice things that others don't. And I think what he said in the documentary um, about Tottenham was that he's an amazing player and they wanted to keep him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mourinho said, like, we wanted to, we want to keep you. Uh, do you want a new contract? Do you need more money or anything like that? Or something like that, sorry. And he said, you know, I want to leave. I want to join Inter. And I think the determination and the desire to play for the club is is there. I don't think it has left uh, in the time that he has been here. But something must have happened between him and Conte. Or even at the beginning, Conte maybe didn't want him. Didn't want him. Who knows? But... As a player, I think he's the kind of player that we need. But more so, I think now that Barella is becoming a more um, well-rounded offensive player, I think there's no need for Eriksen anymore, you know? Because last season when we signed um, Barella and we were all um, analyzing the signing and the money that we spent on, on Barella, we all said that he's a talent, but he's still an unfinished product. We compared him to um, any like players like Vidal or Nengolan, who we have both in our team, and we can make a direct comparison to what's happening and how they are developing as a player or developing as mm-hmm. players. But now, when you have Barella, who's more well-rounded up front and who's more um, attacking-minded than he was last season, uh, as we saw with his instincts with the back heel assist to Lotaro in the Real Madrid game, we are seeing more and more patterns that prove that Barella is becoming, you know, the Italian Metzala, even in the national team. So now when you have someone like Barella, who's becoming uh, the player that you wanted Eriksen to be or to become, whatever, I think there's no need for Eriksen anymore. Uh, obviously, Conte doesn't want him. But Conte also had issues with Skriniar, that we all agreed that I don't want Skriniar to be sold. If I had to choose between him and the coach, I would choose Skriniar because he's the type of player that could play for the club for the next 10 years and be amazing. And since coming back from uh, the quarantine and the shit that was happening in the previous international break, Skriniar has been amazing. Nothing short of superb. He hasn't missed a single opportunity to uh, to prove his worth after many people were doubting him and after I said that he didn't have a great season last season um, but as far as Erickson goes I think look he's 20 like 28 29 uh, soon to be um, and if you don't want to use him just sell him uh, for the same amount of money that we bought him for I think 20, like 25, 27 million euros, which is still very doable for a player of his caliber. And then there must be some Premier League club that would buy him instantly. Um, but yeah, uh, Eriksen, he didn't work out, as you both said. Um, if he, I, I, I really want him to, to prove his worth, and he was really decent in some matches, um, even last season when the season restarted in June. But as of now, I think Barella is becoming the player that we all wanted Ericsson to be. 
Yeah, I just don't think Erickson's ever really going to give much of a chance. Uh, I don't know. I think just there's no relationship between him and Conte. And, like, yes, the quality of Barella showing, coming good. But, like, I mean, there's still other places in the midfield. Well, of course, he's not going to be the destroyer any like destroyer of play or anything. But I still felt like there was something he could have done. But now I feel like we're all just writing, like, his enter the end of his career. Like, we're all just kind of eulogizing the end of it. But it's disappointing to see. But like you said, I did like that you brought up Skriniar, who really has looked good since coming back. And I think that the changes in defense that Conte made almost gave everyone else a bit of a confidence boost that it's not D'Ambrosio and Renakia behind them, that it was DeVry and Skriniar <laughs> along with Bastoni. And I felt like that somehow yeah, he brought to do with Captain material. Like, I, My two captains came on his side on yeah. the team and you know, changed the game. I don't care what anyone says. DeVry, Skriniar, captains. Next captains of the team. Keep arguing with people about Lukaku and whatnot, but I think the Brian Skinner need to become captains. Yeah, I don't think Lukaku to... wants to be captain. To be honest, like every time you know, I don't know if it's just playing politics in the media, being like, "Oh, like you know, I'm just here to help the but team." He's a you know, like this guy, you know? basic talks you give, but yeah, I know a lot of people have been talking about it, but I feel like yeah, that one of those two defenders would be better with the captain's armband. Than anybody else after Handanovic. I think so too. I think, but speaking about the midfield as we did, do you like Mike? Do you like the the three man midfield with Barella, who's been more attacking as uh, than he was last season, with Vidal now uh, showing some you know experience and showing some quality that honestly I thought that he was gone. And Brozovic acting as a glue between uh, the defense and the uh, and the midfield. Do you like that three or not? Or uh, do you think something is missing? It depends. <laughs> are they playing in a midfield three, like three five two, or are they playing like Barella in the ten? Because when Barella plays closer to the strikers, I mean, I'm not a big fan. But when it's just that back three where Barella's on like the right side of it, you know, getting out just to do whatever he wants, I think that's a lot better for him and the team as a whole. Um, Vidal, like, that guy's covering, like, every single piece of blade of grass in that midfield right now. He's sweeping up everything. Like, I know he's not – he still he still can be sloppy. He still can be reckless. But I, I like him in this team. Um and as for Brozovic, just anybody with Galliardini. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, anybody else. And, like, I can't complain. I don't know. What do you think? It seems all right. It just doesn't seem very creative at all. It doesn't give us much options or many options at all going forward, I think, to create something. I think we just have to rely on Hakimi, maybe, to just, you know, with a boost of speed and putting a ball somewhere. I don't know. I don't like it at all. I like, I, you see, my thing, I didn't speak much about Ericsson, but my thing is, are the results that we're getting so far justifying content not trying to get Ericsson into the team? I mean, we haven't been playing hard, bad, or really awful 
but we haven't been winning either. You know, we've been drawing a lot of games. Is it is Conte justified? You get what I'm saying? That, you know, the team isn't... If, if the team is performing, great. Without Ericsson. Say, well, yeah, fuck it. He can't fit in. You know, it's not a problem. But we we lack something. We are lacking something. But, maybe the problem is we're not even I'm lacking man. something in the attack. So maybe it's not really a problem for Ericsson. But I don't know. I just I just have an issue with him not... The team not really performing 100. And we have quality like that on the bench. And we're not utilizing it at all. That's my take on it. On Ericsson at least. So did I say he's a flop and he's gone? I know he's gone, but I'm not happy about it. I'm not really, you know, satisfied that we even or he even tried to utilize him properly. Barella as a trick artist or whatever you want to call him, playing up there, I think it's just too. It's like Spalletti playing Raja when he was trying to play Mass Ten too. It's like I don't know. It worked at Roma for a period for a year, but. How long is it really going to work? Oh, that, nah, Raja, Raja, that season has been, was amazing. But look, I think, moreover than that, I, like, am I crazy that, to think that we've played a really good football so far, that, but we were so fucking wasteful in all of the matches? And on top of all, not only have been, we have been considering awful, stupid goals, Mostly because Handan- because of Handanovic's mistakes, but also we haven't played with our first team defense. Although, like I fucking hate excuses. Or when someone says, "Oh, we should have have a- had a penalty," or this or that, like shit happens. Like it wasn't a penalty. He didn't yeah. call a penalty. That's it. Move on. As it was the case today. Like mistakes happen. I know. I know that we will not win every single match. I get that. But like I hate when someone. When we, we play good and we concede a stupid goal. Like, if we have, like, 10 shots on goal against us, I don't mind that. Like, if you concede a goal, like, okay, we were awful damage. Doesn't matter. But when we concede a goal after a stupid mistake by any of our um, defense, uh, any of our center defenders or the goalkeeper, that's when, like, I get frustrated with the stupidity because, look, against Torino, it won't be that difficult. Against Parma, yeah, you won't win, but you'll not lose because they are awful. But those matches can prove to be decisive in the, yeah. I don't know, Scudetto race, if any of our fucking <laughs> management believes in that shit because they don't seem to. Uh, and on top of that, like, your look, sorry, Mike. Uh, you can you can take on uh, take off on that. Just after I say this, um, I think last season we saw an evidence when it comes to um, the content, the management disagreement or having disagreements. And this too. This season, we have seen again uh, someone like Conte commenting on um, that we've been defensively solid, but we are considering goals because of mistakes by some. And by some, he, I think he refers to Handanovic because he says, oh, our defense has been good, but we are considering goals. So if your defense is good, then why are you considering goals? 
because of Handanovic. And there are reports, a few days ago, there were reports that the management wants to continue mm-hmm. or to um, extend Handanovic's contract. Like, mm-hmm. What the fuck? Do you guys talk among each other or talk about certain uh, situations and problems within your team? Like, I don't know what's happening in the team anymore. It seems like some some players have lost the confidence in a certain uh, elements of the game. Uh, I don't see the confidence that I saw in the um, Europa League run when we were crushing teams, when we were so dominant. I think we are not playing um, as best as we can because we saw some flashes of how good we can be. But also, I think we've been pretty decent and pretty good so far because we saw how good uh, the team is, saw how good the uh, the bench ha- has been when uh, they came on. And on top of all, we haven't played the same, I don't know, 11 for two, three, four games consecutively. So I think they're all, all those factors will prove to be decisive in our run this season. I know I don't know Mike about you but like that's my take on it. Yeah, you know, there were plenty of matches where we created like I go back to the it's not in Serie A but the Shakhtar match where we had an xg of like 3 and Shakhtar had an xg of like 0.2 and like mm-hmm. it was nil nil but there were, have been matches where you know a dumb penalty has cost us or you know uh Handanovic not making saves has cost us. So I get what you're saying there, but I also also do agree with Chin in a way that like there are times where it feels like the midfield is pretty static. Even like or especially when Burrell is in the ten. Like I feel like that's when the midfield is the most ineffective. Like sometimes it works, sometimes you know, you get like the back heel flick for the goal against Real Madrid, but other times, like, you're stuck with Vidal and Gagliardini behind them, and, like, they're not really going to create much. So I think we should expect more from Hakimi on the right. I think he should be doing a bit more of the creative work, a little bit more, like, running, trying to break lines and such. But, you know, Lukaku scored a lot. Latoro starting to score. Even Sanchez scored today. But I think that if your strikers are scoring that much, someone is yeah. getting the ball to them. And so I still think that there is some creativity. Like they're at least getting the ball to the, who know who they know can score, and they're doing it pretty consistently. But it's just a matter of like, can we score? And I do agree that you know it was small sample size. I think it was relevant at least. I think during the international break, but like Inter had the highest, like one of the highest XG like ratings in the league. So I do think that over time, you know, law of averages, everything will kind of come out in the wash and we will start actually scoring goals and looking a lot better. But, you know, it is frustrating when you don't and when like these little mistakes at the back, like playing two fullbacks as center backs or, you know, not like, Ashley Young giving up a penalty today, it didn't hurt. But, like, I don't know. We've given up a lot of penalties this season. It's been another problem. Mm-hmm. But I do think that getting that, uh, like, full back three back will help a lot. But I also, like, 
I don't know what to expect in goal for the rest of the season. And that could also cause another liability. I think it's a really big problem, though. And I know we had, like, over the past two years, maybe, it's how long now, since he had left and this was captain CSU came up and thing. I think it's a big concern for us that we have, like, the fan base. And I want to say maybe, because Sister brought up about Conte talking about it in the media, that we're not 100% behind the captain of the team. I think that is a cause for concern. What, what do you guys think? That, you know, everybody not fully behind him. The fans questioning him. I mean, quality-wise, I'm not behind him. Like, leadership-wise, I guess, like, they respect him in the locker yes. room. But, like, yeah, on the like, nobody, I don't think, has full Yeah, it's him. weird. It doesn't make him feel confident. Like, I, I'm actually hoping that the period we're going through now is our December-January situation, you know? And maybe we grow out yeah. of it and actually catch form in the latter part of the year and actually go on a run and actually we might probably win something. Who knows? What what concerning is that we don't know if on top of this kind of shady, shoddy patch that we have here now, if we still have December and January and our usual problems that come in December and January to deal with. That's what's scary about it right now. Who knows? It could be the reverse. We're just bad now and then our season take off. Well, to me, the problem when we get to January and December, especially like the last season of Spalletti and the first season of Conte, was that by then, like, you know, we've been high flying, but then, like, the team was figured out and everyone was. I think we went undefeated, like, 17 or 18 games, I think, in the league. Yeah, yeah, first season too, but uh, definitely second when, you know, everything happened. To me, like, I felt like everything had been going so great, like, plan A was working, and then plan A didn't work, and no one knew what to do. And I think that with plan A really not working so far now, that when it does work, maybe there will be enough time for that to, you know, run to the end of the season before it's figured out again and no one can But we can be optimistic. And we can hope. But you see, in all those periods that we've mentioned and we've spoken uh, so much about, you know, those so-called blackouts, we were awful. Like, it's not like we were bad or anything like that. We were awful. We didn't play good football. We didn't have good players. Now the situation is so much different. But the problem is, I don't think any Inter fan cares about how the team plays. But instead, we want the team to win. When I hear, you know, Premier League fans talking about, oh, he's defensive coach or anything like that, or get tags and shit like that, I don't give a fuck. We've been so, like... For a team that has drawn against Parma and Atalanta, both teams that were like really good, uh, especially Atalanta has been pretty good in the past three months, or uh, sorry, Atalanta, yeah. Um, and Parma has been, although not as good, but they were pretty decent last season. So I think this is different in terms of we are not winning, but we are playing good football. And sooner or later, we will start winning. 
Um, I think we spoke about that, uh, the period in the group chat, when we said that, like, things uh, at Inter right now, as the situation stands, cannot go worse. Like, you cannot not win against certain things just because of the sheer quality that you have, the amount of chances that you create, which is, I think, the second most in the league behind Sassuolo until, like, the international break. So, if we are creating chances, we are playing good football, but individual mistakes in the defense have costed so much points uh, in, the, in the season so far. Um, in, in terms of us creating chances, we are decent at it. You know, I think we can improve, and we have to, but their teams are struggling this, in this period too. Like, we are what? Uh, not that... We have, yeah, five points less than Milan have, and Milan have been amazing. And five points is like a game. Uh, if they lose a game and we win a game, that's two points. That's nothing. So when you put things into perspective, yes, we've been uh, losing points so far. But all the teams around us have, with the exception of Milan, of course. And another big factor in the teams around us has been Ronaldo. Uh, I don't think that he is a player that he was once again, uh, or once upon a time. But he is the team that carries Juventus onwards. And... That's the same case that Inter have, uh, or in the same situation that Inter have, um, and found the same thing with Lukaku. When Lukaku doesn't play, Inter doesn't play. When Ronaldo doesn't play, Juventus doesn't play. And we haven't capitalized uh, on the like two weeks, three weeks that Ronaldo didn't play. And that's, I think, that's something that we will regret later on. Um, but yeah, I think the usual blackout. Shouldn't happen. We said that last season, but we had an awful run in January when Lukaku said, "Oh, you know, maybe the Corona virus has <laughs> infiltrated the team and whatnot." But uh, sorry, uh, my last point it will be Chino's comments about like captain or anything like that. Like there must be, as Mike said, some good leadership from Handanovic on uh, in the dressing room. There must be, otherwise he wouldn't be the captain. But I don't. I cannot be um, objective, and I have and I have said that for like seven years now. Like I don't like Handanovic at all. I don't care what he does. I fucking despise that guy for some reason, and I don't know why. I don't know why. Like he had a decent season uh, a few seasons as ago, ago. I think it was like yeah, seventeen eighteen with Spalletti. The first season with Spalletti, he was really good. Um, but they have to start thinking about replacing him. They must. Because if we continue like this and individual performances uh, keep you know, taking away from the team and the team effort, I think it will be even more distracting when we consider the few penalties that Vidal and Young have given. Uh, Kolarov too has been awful. And all those players play on the same side. So I think we have to work on the on the teamwork within the team, the effort, and I think above all, uh, not to be wasteful as we have been so far. Yeah. So I want to look ahead before you know we're finished here. I want to look ahead to the next two matches because 
you know, if I'll say if we keep to the schedule of recording every Sunday, that'll be the two matches between now and then. Um, what do you guys expect to happen against Real and against Asuelo? What are you What are you expecting? And like, I don't know. What's worst case scenario? Oh, worst case obviously is that we get thumped from Real Madrid at home, and then go on to lose. Um, against the Sulu. I think they've been playing good. I think I read the, the, the four games in a row for the first time in, a, in their history or something, or four away matches in a row. Yeah, four yeah. away. I saw that too. I mean, I think before Milan played, I think they were top of the table. You know, so they're having a good time right now. Um, I don't know. Let's try and deal with Real Madrid first of all. They have no Ramos. I think they have no Varane as well. Uh, I think Varane is playing yeah, and Benzema and is doubtful. We'll get a better opportunity to beat Real Madrid. You know, we're playing at home. Obviously, we don't have the fans support or whatnot, but we have to do it. I, I don't even know what, what our loss Like, that made a different last season. I don't think we mathematically would be out losing, but still... We really need a victory or something. Some sort of good result. What do you think, I mean, as you said, this is the best opportunity that we have um, to beat Real Madrid. Because, as I said, like, if, if, not if, but Lukaku is the most important player that Inter have at the moment. So is Ramos for... Real Madrid, because Varan without Ramos is not the same player that uh, he is with someone like uh, Ramos next to him. He's the guy that you said, uh, if you think that captaincy is so important, he's the, the guy that moves everything and uh, gives the boost morale to anyone. And note that if he, does, if he didn't play in the first match, we are not losing that match. He scored a goal. And he was so decisive uh, when we were attacking and they were defending that he made a huge um, difference not only in their defensive efforts but also in movement. But also they won because of him. So he's a huge loss for them. And I think it's so... Uh, everything comes uh, came into its place. As Mike said, the law of averages. We lost Lukaku last game and now they lost... Romelu, oh, sorry, uh, Ramos. And if Benzema doesn't play, they are the two most important players in that team. Again, their midfield has been amazing so far. But if you, if you have two of your starting players and such important players uh, out of the team, it's a huge loss. And we beat Torino. We, are having, uh, we have certain momentum going to that game. And they draw against uh, Villarreal. They were winning, and they and then they considered. They're very vulnerable that we must exploit. And yeah, I think honestly, I think that we'll win. But who knows with Inter anymore? You know, I guess this speaks to Sassuolo and like you know the current record against Sassuolo. But I feel like it's more likely that we beat. Real Madrid, <laughs> it is that we beat Sassuolo away from home. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's like a second one, like you. 
Yeah, yeah, but you know that if you do get that big win after you know you get a comeback, then you get a big win in the Champions League. There's no better momentum going into playing someone like Sassuolo at their home, even you know in the top four that they've been in recently. So I think if we win against Real Madrid, we'll at least draw against the Swallow. But if we lose the Real, uh, I think, you know, confidence could go back down and it could be another trademark early Eastern time U.S. loss away wow. at the Swallow. Mexican, I think a bust already. Hmm. Yeah, so we're not recording next weekend then. <laughs> <laughs> Most probably. Oh, what do you think about the matches, Risto? You just left, left me and Chino for black oh. content again. No, 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 no. Don't put don't me on, on the on the stand. I think, like, I honestly think that we'll win against Real if Ramos doesn't play. Because who knows with Real, they are, you know, <laughs> the, the Spanish Juventus, as they say. Um, and I think we'll win against Real. I think we'll score two goals at least. So I will go like 2-1, two, 3-1 two, one, one for us. And as far as the Sassolo game goes, oof. you know, Sassolo, I think for most of us, is the second most hated team in the league. Just because of the results they 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 have, you know, um, managed to get against us. So I don't know, but Inter always performs when they need it and when they need uh, the most. Uh, I don't know. I, I would say a draw against Sassuolo, but like it's Inter, so anything can happen. I wouldn't be surprised if we went yeah. on to win like seven one, as we did as well, huh? with Milito in twenty. Anything had happened with Sassuolo. It's not like you're playing Parma and you know that, you know, maybe you'll concede, maybe you won't. Or someone like Torino, you know that they're awful. It's Sassuolo. You never know what Sassuolo is going to come up. Because, like, didn't we win, like, 7-1 in 2013 with Milito in those white shirts in an awful season? Like, no one knows against Sassuolo. So, uh, it's safe to go a draw. But... (laughs) Mike, I don't know. Like, I feel sorry for anyone that has to get up at 9 or 10 to get towards the game because I wouldn't. I would do it. Oh, my God. 6 a.m. Six a.m. and we'll Many Sunday morning. Oh, my. Yeah, there's been plenty of weekends. But... Yeah, I guess we'll see, you know. Anything can happen, um, as we saw today. So, uh, I guess we're about to tip the hour mark here, probably a little less, but we'll go ahead and head on out. Um, If anyone has made it this far, thanks for listening. Uh, Give us a like, rate, share, you know, whatever you do on whatever platform. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Chino and Hristo, for coming back. Uh, we've been doing this for quite a while now. It's actually pretty crazy to think about. But, you know, here's to many more, and we'll see you guys in the next one.